Hello, welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle continues in the Sunday service series on the Holy Spirit as he teaches on being sensitive to the Spirit. The man of God begins by teaching us to understand the context and audience the scriptures are written. He further teaches that it is by the Spirit of God that we are sensitive to the Word of God once spoken. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. God, I'm so glad to see you this wonderful morning. So glad to see you. How many are coming for their first time to the city of the Lord Church? Is there anyone coming for their first time? Raise your hand, please, if it's your first time. We had a few in the first service. Uh, good to see you. You're welcome. I would like to congratulate you all. You are thriving, even during a certified global pandemic. Congratulations. Praise God. Last week, we began speaking about The we began speaking about the Holy Spirit, and we are continuing this week. Now, I want you to take these sessions as instructive sessions because there is only so much we can do with the few minutes that we have. So instead, we have to take advantage of our time at home. And especially that the whole world is on a mini vacation. We've got more time than we usually do. So we have to take advantage. And so I want to talk today about sensitivity to God. Being sensitive to God. A person who is sensitive is a person who is reactive. So, for example, if someone is talking about somebody and they say that person has sensitive skin, what they are trying to say is that their skin reacts. It can react to conditions. It can react to... Uh, Uncle George, it can react to several things. I, I, I don't know if you're getting my point. It's, it's reactive. Praise God. And similarly, you can come to a place where you easily respond. You easily are aware to the things of God. And so in this period of time while we're looking at uh, the Holy Spirit, 
one of the things I want to bring to us is the topic of sensitivity to God. Now, let me start by mentioning, because there are some scriptures I'm going to show you. Uh, we are doing the How to Study the Bible series on Wednesdays. If you don't know how to study the Bible, you have no excuse now. If you don't know how to study the Bible, but you're not tuning in, or maybe you've heard about it now, but you don't want to go back to the podcast, I, I, I think you will have no excuse. Don't you think so? You're running out of excuses. Because we're literally teaching how to study the Bible. And one of the things I'll be talking about when it comes to studying the Bible in the next, it could be this week or the next few weeks, I'll be talking about understanding the audience who is being addressed and who is addressing that particular audience. If you want to understand the scriptures, one of the first things you may want to do is understand the audience being addressed. What is their position before God in that moment? If you don't learn to understand the audience, you mistaken what is written for you and what is written to you. There are some things that are written for you. Some things are written to you. All scripture is necessary. It's important. But you must understand the audience. You must understand what applies to you and what applies to the souls you are trying to win. You must be able to understand that. Otherwise, you will have trouble. And I can give you an example. Let me, let me think of one before I get to today's. When Jesus would stand and say, you have heard it was said. Firstly, who is he talking about? You must understand that as at that time, the Israelites had experienced about 400 years. 400 years of colonization by different people groups. Remember I showed you, right? I think the Syrians, the Egyptians, if I'm not mistaken, the Persians and the Romans. By the way, in case you didn't know, Persians and Arabs are not the same. Iraq, I think they're more of Arabs, right? And Iran, they're more of Persian. Praise God. I'm sure that information has changed your life. You'll never be the same again, now that you know that, eh? So nevertheless, there was a sect of people that understood and they read the Torah. So they are the ones who would now interpret for the rest. That's why it was shocking when, they, when, when Peter was able to teach the way he taught. They knew he had been discipled. That's why they said he had been with Jesus. Because some things were not common knowledge. So Jesus began to address certain things. That's why he would say, you have heard it has been said. You have heard it has been said. But now I say. There were audiences he was addressing. I think that one, let me save it for how to study the Bible series. What do you think? It will make you tune in on Wednesday. You know, tune in, tune in. Those who tune in, make sure you tune in, in properly. I was watching a video. I was very concerned. I was very alarmed. I was watching a, a video of a certain uh, pastor. And the video had zero views, but three likes. So, meaning there are three church members who decided to pretend they are watching. So, they liked. Not knowing that... <laughs> For, the, for it to count as a view, Facebook has to count a certain number of uh, seconds or minutes. 
should you be the one whose children just to like? I'm watching you right now. I will appear in your conscience and say hi. So make sure you're following this stuff. Praise God. <laughs> now, I want us to look at a few scriptures. And the first thing I want us to identify is who is the audience? Ask your neighbor, who is the audience? Job chapter number 33. And verse 14, 15, and 16. I've got a feeling we're going to enjoy this one. Where is God? The sweet psalmist. Do you think we're going to enjoy this one? Okay. They're usually my hype squad. For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. Hold on there. That's very alarming. I don't know who else thinks that's quite alarming. God may actually speak to you in one way or in another, and yet a man does not perceive it. That's alarming. And then let's look at some of the ways in which he speaks. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men and both slumbering on their beds. Those are some of the ways. Uh-huh. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. Why? The next verse. In order to turn man from his deeds and consider pride from him. So, if you are to speak to so many people, and I, I, I do a lot of counseling, you'll find there are so many ways God has been trying to speak to them, but they are not sensitive. God has been trying to turn them away from certain things. God has been trying to turn them away from danger. But they are not sensitive. The question is, who is the audience? I'll ask you one more time. Who is the audience? You know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we've interpreted it and sometimes we've, you know, there are times we settle for a lower revelation. And so we interpret it as, no, maybe God wants to speak to you, but you're busy. So perhaps you'll have a dream afterwards and the like. But if you have to look at the real context of the scripture, even the dreams, the guy can't get the perception. What am I trying to say? Who says you can't hear God on a busy day? Who says you can't be that sensitive? Why should we settle for a lower revelation? Why should God have to try and speak four or five times to get your attention? We are going somewhere. We are going somewhere. You will stop being proud of, ha! God has been trying to tell me this for three years. What? You are proud of that? I even knew even when I was entering, I had prayed. I knew this is the wrong relationship. But I said, my God. My God, my Jehovah. Yeah, I'm telling you things I hear. I even knew this is the wrong. But I just said, my God, if this one is not your will, it will just end. Are you serious? So Jesus, take the will. From who? Which scripture tells us Jesus should take the will? I've always wondered. Because the one who drives is the one who will be judged. Scripturally, isn't his role to guide and show you direction? 
<laughs> I hope I'm not demeaning your favorite song. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, are we really serious? Is that really how childish our relationship with God is? And you have to bear with me. Yeah, the church I'm pastoring, so I'm becoming more honest by the week. Isn't there a better way? As if Jesus is the one who replied texting, yes. <laughs> we'll go further. We'll go further. You know, we have to come to a place where we can be sensitive to God's will beyond circumstance. There are many of us who, it's like the biggest thing that can speak to us, whether it's God's will or not, is circumstances. Are you telling me that's what the Bible says? Let me not get ahead of myself. I asked the question, who is the audience? It would be so funny if maybe I was preaching in China and there was somebody named who. <laughs> and then you find, don't know, and then everyone thinks I'm just talking to who. So the who is the audience? So, oh, okay, okay. So that's his message. <laughs> so I never said. Anyways. Let's look at another one. Hey, Kaimba atukuyeke. Second Corinthians three verse fifteen. Second Corinthians three verse fifteen. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Whoa. Whoa. You know what the veil was, eh? That huge curtain. You've seen the curtains that are there, right? In, if you go to like a cathedral, have you noticed like they've got huge curtains? That was, where that comes from is there used to be a curtain that would separate everyone from the presence of God. And they, <laughs> that's why they're not my favorite. So there used to be a curtain that would separate everyone from the presence of God. And what Moses is saying, what the writer Paul is saying, that even today, as imagine somebody is reading the Bible and there's a curtain on their heart. There's literally a curtain. Who is the audience? First Corinthians 2 verse 9. Somebody has come to you saying, no, God has given me a word for you. What's the word? This is the word. God is saying that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, and hasn't entered in the heart of a man the things which he has planned for you. Amen. Are you serious? What has we revealed there? Is that really a prophetic word? Oh, we just quoted 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. Or maybe once we heard this in our spirit, we stopped paying attention to the next words and we settled for this as a prophecy. How insensitive. It's very insensitive that there is somebody out there whose eye has not seen, their ear has not heard, and it has not entered into their heart the things which God has prepared. That's very insensitive. The question is, who is the audience? Should I show you one or two more? Isaiah chapter number 55 and verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Oh my God. I would be so concerned. And you know, sometimes people will sit and say, you know what? Even if we're trying life, it's okay. Since, you know, our thoughts are not God's thoughts and, you know, our ways are not his ways. That's, that's very lost. Don't you think so? Are you, are you taking note of these scriptures? Because I'll give scriptures to answer them. Should we have one more? Isaiah 59 verse 2. Behold, from verse 1, the arm of the Lord is not too short that he cannot save, nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. This, I, I knew this was one of my favorite scriptures because I used to be an intercession leader. So I don't know how in, my, in the morning, and you know, you find you've gone, let's say, for a conference and you're leading intercession at 03, and somehow you just believe that between the last time you saw people at midnight and 03, the arm of the Lord... <laughs> That something has separated them from God now. So by, by the time it's 03 now, they have to deal with sins, otherwise God won't hear them. Verse 2. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you that, so that he will not hear. The audience. Can we now demystify it? From all the scriptures, what's the biggest thing you've seen? Lack of sensitivity. What's the biggest thing you see from the scriptures? This, this, we're, we're seeing people who their eyes can't see, their ears can't hear. It hasn't entered their hearts. What else are we seeing? God is trying to speak to them three, four, five ways. They can't get it. No, no perception, no sensitivity. So let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 9. Oh my goodness, is somebody following? Am I the only one who's feeling something turning inside? Like, so, but as it is written, I has not seen, no ear heard, no have entered into the heart of a man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Hold on there. If somebody may be asking, Apostle Fred, how can you be talking about different audiences? Very simple. Have you noticed that that scripture actually is quoting a scripture and it even says it is written? I don't know if somebody is getting that part. It's actually saying it is written. But look at the next verse. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. What does that show you? It's not denying what was written. It's just that the audience has changed. Because your position has changed. It's not denying what was written. It was written to you. Then something happened to you. You got born again. And so now you have to discover what has been written to the new creature. And what does it say has been written to the new creature? God has revealed them to us through what? His spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. You can know all things. You can know the deep things of God over your life. Why? The spirit. So what's the difference between all those people who that was their audience? What, what, what's the difference between those guys and us now? The difference is the spirit. The difference is the Spirit of God dwelling within us. Because God has revealed those things which no eye has seen. He's revealed them to us. How? By His Spirit. You understand as we go on. It says, 
in verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? By the way, that verse, if I was dealing with the human spirit, I would tell you that if you are to be very honest with yourself, you can do a very proper self-introspection. You can know if you are born again. You can know if you are growing in the Lord. You can know if you are on fire for Jesus. The only God knows mentality is not scripture because we are shown that what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man within him. Deep down, you know where you're at. Sometimes we're also just not sensitive to ourselves. So it's, <laughs> for what man, praise God. It says, for what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man within him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So why couldn't those people get it? Because they didn't know the things of God. How come their ways were not his ways? Because they didn't have the spirit of God. Because no one knows the, spirit, the things of God except the spirit of God. Now the question is, is this spirit like seated somewhere in a corner or maybe waiting for us during church service and every now and then touching one or two people? No, 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 no. Look at what it says. Now we have received. We are not begging. We are not, listen, we are not begging. We are not trying. We have received. You know, if there is something that will help you as a believer, it's differentiating the manifestation of the Spirit from the indwelling of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit, those are times of refreshment. Those are divine, we can even call them divine visitations, divine encounters. And so in our hunger and our crying, that's what we cry out for. But we're not crying out for the Spirit of God to come and live within us. That's not our cry. That would be very unbiblical. Not for a believer. Because for a believer, that's why the Apostle Paul goes to the church in Ephesus in Acts 19. And he didn't go there and say, are you crying out for the Spirit? No, he went there and said, did you receive the Spirit? Because he knew the Spirit has been poured out. Jesus, uh, Jesus gave the promise that the Spirit will, will, be, will be poured out. That was the promise. And he said, and remember what Peter he said, this promise is to you and to your children and to those are far off. The Spirit has been poured out. The question now is just, have you received? Oh, you've not received. Oh, you just didn't know. Let me share with you. Hands laid, they received. Nothing complicated. And it says, we have received the spirit. We have received not the spirit of the world. The world has a spirit, by the way. That's why there's such a thing called being worldly. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know. That we might what? The things that have been freely given to us by God. And let me tell you, one of the things that has been freely given, it's sensitivity to him. How do I know? Because in John 16, what did Jesus tell us? When the spirit comes, he will tell you of things to come. He will guide you into all truth. Not some truth. Not partial truths. He's not going to talk about some areas and leave out other ones. No. He will guide you into all truth. Let's not lower the experience. Let's heighten our expectations. The expectation of the judge shall not be let down. Let's increase expectation. Can we go on? Praise God. Next verse. These things we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches. 
we don't speak them in English even. But in Kalonto Kosgiebe Esakatuya Azengro Tohoho. But which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Let's go on. And this is the part which will help you understand the audience that was being addressed. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. If you've read the Apostle Paul said, I was alive to God once. Then the law came and sin revived. In short, the natural man is not alive to God. The natural man is not sensitive to God. And that's why you, you should be careful. Never get a natural man's opinion about spiritual things. I don't care who they are. Never get a natural man's opinions about spiritual things. They can give you opinions on philosophy, on psychology, on development studies, and all that stuff, not on spiritual things. I can never allow a natural man to tell me who's true and who's false. Because if you read the next verse, it tells us how a spiritual man judges all things, but himself is judged, he cannot be judged rightly by anyone. Only spiritual people can judge spiritual matters. Never get the counsel of a natural man over who's a true prophet and who's a false one. Never do that. Is somebody seeing that? So don't now sit down and be comfortable with not knowing his thoughts. Don't sit down and be comfortable with not knowing his ways. Because the scripture continues. Let's go on. For who has known the mind of the Lord? What's in the mind? The thoughts. What's in the mind? The ways. So it says, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So meaning from this day forward, you should not settle for a lower level. Don't settle for what was written to you when you were the natural man. Go and see what has been written to you as a new creation. The Bible says he loved us while we were yet sinners. A believer, a born-again Christian is not a sinner. Let that sink in. The moment you think of a born-again Christian as a sinner who's just nice, you will have trouble. You will have trouble because every scripture that talks about the righteous won't apply to you. Or a sinner who's just been saved by grace. Are you kidding me? How can grace leave you a sinner? Then what has that grace done? It saved you while you are yet a sinner. But don't forget that if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. These are things that we need to get. Otherwise, the rest of the series will be Greek. Because they are not written to the natural man. The Holy Spirit, for the natural man, all he does is convict of sin. We experience Greek. Praise God. One or two more verses. One or two more verses very quickly. Ezekiel, chapter number 36, and verse 25. Ezekiel, chapter number 36 and verse 25. The Bible says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. 
in case you didn't know, the salvation package doesn't just come with you being forgiven. That's why there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because it comes with the aspect of cleansing. But let's go on to the next verse. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I've got a question. If you've ever been at a place where there are certain things you are uncomfortable with because you're a believer, but suddenly they're becoming normal, they're getting comfortable, check your heart. Something is going wrong with your heart. It's becoming stony. But have you ever observed that there are certain things which, when you are in the world, they were normal? You get saved. You try even to do 5% of it. Like, it's not even as bad as before. Hey, your heart won't leave you that day. That week. You even struggle to come to church. You even think so the... The pastor is even preaching about me. Obviously, somebody told him, oh, me, I'm just preaching. And then you find that I'm preaching the same way I was preaching last week. As a matter of fact, the same way I was preaching five years ago. <laughs> you know, perception can do something to someone. Someone maybe, let's say someone came to my office and says, Pastor, I did ABC. Then that's week, that week I'm preaching and I'm talking about the same ABC. I've been talking like that for like 10 years going to change because you came to my office and not benefit the rest. Praise God. <laughs> Even if it was a public correction, it wouldn't be unbiblical. Today that the Bible says rebuke in the presence of all so that the rest may fear. <laughs> but that's not the point. What I'm trying to say is have you observed that if you're a believer and you involve yourself with certain things, your heart, something goes wrong. And it's true. In 1 John 3.20, the Bible tells us that um, if your heart condemns you, remember God is greater than your heart. But in verse 21, the Bible tells us that we have this confidence to approach God when our heart does not condemn us. Why does your heart start condemning you? Because God has changed your heart. He's given you a new one. It's no longer a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh. What, what's the difference between stone and flesh? Can you mold something out of stone? My goodness, you have to hammer it. You have to panjamplate it. <laughs> you have to do something. You really have to do something to manipulate it. But flesh is in the context of... Here, it's not in the context of sin. It's in the context of... Look at the soft tissues that are there in the body. You can mold. You can do this. You can do that and that. So what, what, what's the scripture saying? You're going to have a heart that's sensitive to God. A heart God can move. Then let's go on. That wasn't where the promise ended. Remember how he's trying to speak to this guy four or five times to turn him away from sin? But look at what it says. I will put my spirit within you. Hey! And cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. I will put my spirit within you. And what will that spirit do? He will cause you to walk in the right path. Sensitivity to God. What must be your scripture from now on? From today, God won't have to speak four or five times. 
He won't have to speak to you for five years for you to know it's him. Psalm 62 verse 11 is your verse from today. What does it say? God has spoken once, twice I heard. <laughs> ah, praise God. If, hey, somebody say, that's my life. Can we say that one more time? Ladies and gentlemen, you can become sensitive to God. You've been born into a life now where you're sensitive to God. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise him one more time. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands for a minute. Say, I'm sensitive to you. Say it, I'm sensitive to you. If you want, you can say sorry for all those times where you know you should have, but you didn't. Tell him, Lord, don't withhold your voice from me. That's why I loved when we were singing, let us become more aware. Because he's here. He's within us. He's within us. And remember, these sessions are instructive. So you have to practice this. I want you to pray saying, maybe just before we pray, is there anyone here who's not born again? Is there anyone here who's saying, Apostle, before we even talk about being sensitive, I don't think I'm saved. If Jesus came today, I don't think I would make it to heaven. If there's anyone in that position, just lift your hand and wave it. Is there anyone who's saying, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'm born again. Lift your hand and wave it. Anyone? Okay, are we all born again? If we're all born again, wave your hands. Those who didn't wave, any category. <laughs> okay, but lift your hands. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse fifteen. Do you remember I read to you? Second Corinthians three, fifteen. With your hands lifted, it says, "But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart." But look at the next verse. This is now to you. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, which Lord is that? Verse 17. Now the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You are at liberty to know his thoughts. You are at liberty to know his ways. So I want you to lift your hands and yield. Acknowledge that you are the spiritual man. You are not a natural Acknowledge that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Acknowledge that his presence is within you. Tell him, Spirit, you are free to speak to me. You are free to guide me. You are free to lead me. Pray in line with Isaiah 30 verse 21, where it says, your, your ears shall hear a voice behind you, telling you which way to go. Pray in line with what Jesus said, that he will guide you into all truth. Come on, pray, pray, pray. Lift your voice and pray. Tell him he has permission to speak about every area. There is no area you are withholding from him. You are surrendering everything. Acknowledge that the Spirit of God is your advantage. 
Come on, in a minute, just pray. Pray fervently. Pray fervently. I would like a minute of fervent prayer. We're not hitting fervent prayer for a minute. Come on, lift your hands and yield. Set sessions where you just go. Praise God. I pray for that one who's saying, I need that. I need a fresh touch. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in Jesus' name. I can hear someone's ears opening. Your ears are open. Your sensitivity is increasing in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Let's give our offerings. Ashers lead the people. Give me strings in G. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.